What's up, guys? Welcome back to Bench Chatter, uh, the common man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Noah. Uh, I'm without my co-host, Colin, again, but that's okay. He's going to be back here on Wednesday. And this week, you know, we're bringing, a, we're bringing you a Week 15 fantasy preview. Um, the playoffs are looming, boys. Uh, they're only a couple weeks away, and I think that puts more importance on the content that both Colin and I make and that a lot of other people make out there in the fantasy basketball world because the moves you're making now will be the moves that help set you up for success in these last couple weeks of the regular season and the playoffs. And I think we're recommending you players that, at the end of the day, can help you win a playoff series. And before we get into the actual analysis of Week 15, um, I kind of just wanted to give you guys an update on both my fantasy teams in my points league and my categories league. Um, you know, I feel like I we haven't really properly updated you guys in a while, and I feel like the listeners would be kind of interested in how I do my business in the fantasy basketball world. Um, getting into my points league team, I'm currently 9-5 and five after this week. Um, I just beat the best guy in the league, who is 11 and 2. Now 11 and 3 after I beat him, and I've kind of cemented myself as um, a for sure lock to make the fantasy playoffs. Um, to call myself a lock to win the playoffs, you know, I don't think I have that level of confidence yet. But I have the third most points scored in the league so far this year, and I just wanted to read off some of the names of guys that. I've added over the last couple weeks that I think have set me up nicely for the future, these last two regular season weeks and then into the playoffs. I think these are all guys who will help me in the playoffs. And just to write, name down the list, um, I picked up Kevin Porter Jr. right when he got um, called up from the G League because me and Colin were on it. We knew Kevin Porter Jr. was going to put up big. And with the Rockets sitting John Wall on these back-to-backs, Christian Woods missed some games here and there after even returning from injury. Um, Kevin Porter is really consistent for the Rockets, and I really enjoy what he brings to my fantasy team. Um, Another guy I've added was Robert Williams, who has claimed the starting job, um, the starting center job for the Celtics. So that's something you'll always love to see out of a guy you pick up off the waiver wire. Um, Another guy... Yusuf Nurkic. I picked him up um, after someone dropped him when he broke his wrist, and I was on top of the waiver wire. I saw that he was coming back to play, and I picked him up. And, you know, some people out there may not have the confidence that I did in picking up Nurkic, but I knew the rest of my team was good enough to where even if Nurkic, he's still on a minutes limit, he might not play back-to-backs. I know I can wait for Nurkic to get through that period, and I know he will be able to help me in the playoffs. Um, the two other guys that I feel really good about picking up are Derek White, who missed a ton of the season due to injury, but as of late, he's really been killing it. Um, his last seven stat, his over his last seven days, he's averaging twenty one points, three rebounds, two and a half assists, with a steal and a block a game, which are just phenomenal numbers from a guy who I picked up off the waiver wire. And then my last guy who I picked up. And that is Moses Brown, a guy that I've been really high on for the last couple weeks. Um, The Thunder announced Al Horford would not be playing in any of their games for the rest of the season, leaving the starting minutes to go to Moses Brown. And, you know, he's just been absolutely feasting um, with this opportunity that the Thunder have gave him. And it just goes to show you that, 
You know, there's always value to be found at any point in the fantasy basketball season. And, you know, you kind of notice a trend with the guys that I'm picking up and dropping. You know, um, these are guys who added value onto themselves either through their team making a trade, their team making a decision, or someone getting hurt on their trade. And that's kind of a philosophy I go by in fantasy basketball. Um, I think past a certain point in the season, it's pretty hard to find value um, just off the waiver wire unless a guy on a team gets hurt, a guy on a team gets traded, or a guy on the team just quits playing due to, a, due to a mutual decision with the team. So you really have to be on top of all the latest news to find your guys like Moses Brown, find your Robert Williams. Um, yeah, so that's just kind of my personal um, thought into my fantasy team and how I pick up and drop guys. And all those guys I just named were guys that me and Colin have talked about in past episodes. Just so, you know, it shows that me and Colin have some credibility. We really know what we're talking about and that we also believe in what we're talking about because Moses Brown, I talked about him two weeks ago. You know, I picked him up and I've been riding with him just like I hope some of you have. So, yeah, that's my points league team. Um, My categories league team, um, I'm currently fourth in my division. Um, I started off the season pretty shaky. Uh, This is my first year doing categories. And I really had some bad draft um, problems during my draft. Um, I really was tanking field goal percentage basically every week. But through smart ads with efficient centers, I kind of balanced that out. And it's helped my team a ton. I'm fourth in my division, but I'm also fourth overall in the standings, um, which will be good enough for me to make the playoffs if I can play the rest of this regular season outright, which I feel super good about. Um, I was last in my division for almost half the season of fantasy basketball in our categories league. And to see my improvement throughout the season, um, I think it's pretty promising going in to next year's categories draft where I will probably play it a lot smarter and actually optimize my team to where I, to where I can fill the categories appropriately. And yeah, that's my fantasy teams up to now. Um, I thought that was something good I could do to update you guys because I know me and Colin aren't the greatest at talking about our fantasy teams, but Colin's points league team kind of sucks, and his categories team is pretty good, and that's his update. Um, we can get Colin to discuss his teams um, maybe next Sunday since I just took six minutes out of this episode to talk about mine. And yeah, I think... That's a good enough segue to lead us into this Fantasy Basketball Week 15 preview. Um, pretty interesting week. We got a lot of games this week, which is always fun. Um, you know, more games means more flexibility in the moves you can make and more options and the guys you can pick up or drop. And this week, we have two teams playing five games, and that is the Detroit Pistons and the Toronto Raptors. And then... 20 teams play four games, and eight teams play three games. Um, The eight teams playing three games are Brooklyn, Charlotte, Golden State, Lakers, Miami, Orlando, Philadelphia, and Sacramento. And it's kind of weird in a week playing five games, um, where two teams play five games. It makes these teams with three games just a lot less value put into those teams. Um, You know... The stars on those eight teams playing three games, you know, they're still going to show up. They're going to put more than three games worth of production probably up. But it really makes you question um, those teams' role players and if you can really afford to only have 
some of your role players on those teams playing three fantasy week games in a week um, when two teams are playing two more games than um, your team might be. So that's always something to take into account. And I wanted to get into the number of teams playing each day, which on Monday we have 14, on Tuesday we have 16, on Wednesday we have 18, on Thursday we have 14, on Friday we have 20, on Saturday we have 12, and on Sunday we have 20. So to me, I see four to six days of really viable um, streaming value days. Um, You know, Sunday and Friday, 20 teams playing each of those days. You might have a full lineup, so you might not be able to make a move. But any other day of the week, I think, is up for grabs in terms of you should be dropping guys, you should be adding guys um, to help win you that matchup this week. And like I already said, more games means more options. So you really want to be on top of the waiver wire this week in terms of guys that you're adding and dropping. Um, In terms of back-to-backs this week, we have 26 teams playing in a back-to-back this week with eight teams playing two back-to-backs. And I wanted to talk about those eight teams because I think they're super important to talk about. Um, Chicago has two back-to-backs this week, which is important in terms of Zach Levine owners. Um... I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty sure Zach Levine's just been playing hurt as of lately. Um, He actually missed a game last week due to an ankle injury, but ended up playing um, a day later, which I think is kind of sus. The Bulls haven't been playing their best since they traded for Nikola Vucevic. So maybe we see Zach Levine miss out on um, one of these back-to-backs this week, if not both. Um, The Pelicans have two back-to-backs this week, which the Pelicans have been a pretty injury-riddled team as of lately. Um, we've seen Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, and Zion all miss time due to injuries, and they actually just lost Josh Hart for a pretty significant amount of time due to a torn UCL in his thumb, I'm pretty sure. So all of those guys could be in question for the back-to-backs this week. Um, Detroit has two back-to-backs this week, which is important for Hamadou Diallo, who the Detroit Pistons traded for, and he just recently returned from a groin injury but he may only potentially play three games out of the five potential games this week, so that's something to note if you're thinking about picking up Hamadou Diallo. Um, Denver has a back to two back-to-backs this week. Toronto has two back-to-backs this week. Dallas has two back-to-backs this week, which is important to note um, and monitor for Chris Tapps Porzingis. He might not play in either of those. Um, Memphis has two back-to-backs, and then Houston has two back-to-backs, which is pretty important to note for John Wall, who... We see missed games here and there, and he might not play in either of their back-to-back games this week, so you might only be getting three games, two games out of a potential four for Houston and John Wall, which, you know, you just got to stay on top of the NBA news, monitor that situation, and adjust your lineup accordingly. And the low-volume game days this week. On Monday, we have seven games. On Thursday, we have seven games. And on Saturday, we have six games. So Monday, Thursday, Saturday are the days that you're really going to want to pay attention to. Um, Yeah, those are the days that you're going to be needing to add guys to fill roster spots, and you want to be ahead of the curve and not behind the curve. Um, In my Teams to Stream section this week, I actually have the Detroit Pistons, who play five games with four of the games coming on the low-volume days. So Monday, Thursday, Saturday, uh, the Detroit Pistons play on all of those days. And... A team like the Pistons, who are currently tanking, traded away Blake Griffin. There's actually a lot of value to be found there, which I think people may not really think about because the Pistons are letting any guy on their roster really get a chance to show that they're worthy of actually keeping 
um, during this time that the Pistons are going through a rebuild. And so that gives a lot of fantasy value and upside to some of these guys on the Pistons like Saban Lee, Dennis Smith Jr., Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, um, Corey Joseph even. Like any of those guys could be good options because the Pistons play five games this week and just getting an extra game or two um, could really mean the difference between you winning and losing a fantasy week. Um, I also have the Raptors who are in the same situation as the Pistons. Uh, They play five games this week with four of the games coming on the low-volume days. But unlike the Pistons, I can't really find that much value within the Raptors like the Pistons because the Raptors, you know, they're a pretty starting-heavy lineup team in terms of fantasy production. We know Kyle Lowry is um, always going to produce Fred Van Vliet, OG, Pascal Siakam, Chris Boucher. Those guys are probably already added in your league, so you won't be able to get your hands on them. But there is still some value on the end of their bench. Um, Malachi Flynn's been playing as of late. I really like him. He's a rookie out of San Diego State. Um, Aaron Baines, DeAndre Brembry um, are guys I like on the Raptors, but I'm not in love with because it is kind of hard for to find value on them. Um, you know, the Raptors, I feel like, used to pride themselves on how deep their bench was and how good their bench was. And I can't really say that's the case anymore. They're a pretty top-heavy, starting lineup-heavy team um, nowadays. But that doesn't mean you can't find value in them still. So if you're need, if you in a deeper league and you need guys, you can still look at the Raptors. Um, and that's it for the schedule analysis this week. Um, as I said, a lot of games this week. So you're going to want to stay on top of the news this week and just be ready to pivot and make moves that... You might not be prepared to make if you want to win this week. And that leads me into my potential rest-of-season value picks for this week. Uh, My first guy this week is Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who is currently 30.6% rostered on ESPN. And as I already said, the Pelicans are pretty riddled with injuries as of lately. Um, Josh Hart's going to miss significant time, leaving minutes to go to Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And it appears like Nikhil Alexander-Walker is ready to contribute on a regular basis. Um, over the last seven games, he's averaging 18.9 points, 5.4 rebounds, 2.7 assists, 1.1 block, and 0.9 steals a game, uh, which are pretty awesome numbers to see out of a second-year player. Um, his shooting percentages aren't the greatest, so I would be wary of adding him in a categories league if you need to protect your field goal percentage. But I think he's going to stay involved in the lineup long term, so you might want to grab him soon, especially with Josh Hart being out. I see Nikhil Alexander-Walker basically being the sixth man for this Pelican team, and I think there's a I think there's a pretty fair argument that Nikhil Alexander-Walker should be starting over the very ineffective Eric Bledsoe, but I can't really see the Pelicans making that kind of move because, you know, they're paying Eric Bledsoe a ton of money, so I think it would be kind of bad looks to move him to the bench, but I do think it would be better for their team in the long term. Um, and then my next pick, we have Alexis Pokashevsky, who is a 7-foot rookie out of Serbia, who is currently 10.2% roster on ESPN. Um, as we know, the Thunder are not going to play Al Horford in any games for the rest of the season, and SGA is going to miss significant time with a injury, leaving the youngsters on the Thunder to get a really good run with the team. And Pokashevsky is one of the players taking the most of that opportunity, I think. His workload is super safe, and he's getting the chance to handle the ball more, which is always a great sign. And in 12 starts, Pokashevsky has averaged 31 and a half minutes, 12 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, and 1.1 steals per game. 
And he has a 20.1 usage rate on the season, but has reached a 22% usage rate in three of his most recent games, which I think is a super good sign that the Thunder believe in this guy. Pokashevsky is getting more confidence the more games he play, and I really only see his um, arrow trending upwards in terms of the stats he's producing and the amount of usage he's getting as this season continues on. And yeah, I really like Pokashevsky. Um, I think he's going to be, you know, to call him a superstar, I think that would be a pretty ballsy take, but I think he's going to be a really good player. And I could not think of a better situation for him to be on than this Thunder team where winning and losing doesn't matter. You know, they want to lose games. All they want to do is develop these young guys, see who has the real deal talent, and I think Pokashevsky is the perfect man for them to be turning to at this point in their season. Uh, my next guy, actually, also on the Thunder, he's a guy I have already talked about before, and that is Theo Maladon, who is currently 10.4% roster on ESPN. And as I already said, the Thunder's youth movement is in full effect, and this rookie has had plenty of opportunity even before SGA got injured. Theo Maladon was playing a lot next to him in the shooting guard position. And now that SGA is injured, you know, Theo, Mal- Theo Maladon has the opportunity of a lifetime right now. And I think he's taking advantage of it. Over his last seven days, he's averaging 16.3 points, 5 rebounds, and 2.8 assists. Um, the assist numbers aren't great for someone who considers himself a point guard, but I think that Thunder team actually kind of has a lot of different playmakers at different positions for them, so I'm not too worried about that. And, you know, he stuffs the staff sheet, which you always love to see out of a young rookie. Um, he gets you steals, he gets you blocks, he gets you assists, he gets you rebounds, and he gets pretty consistent shots um, per night, which I think is good for a rookie. And yeah, OKC is going to milk this opportunity um, playing all these young guys because they're eyeing a better spot for the lottery. And I think there's so much value found in both Pokashevsky, Theo Maladon, Isaiah Roby, Kendrick Williams. Um, all of those guys are guys that I would potentially be looking at at this point in the season. My last guy is Wendell Carter Jr. Shout out Colin, shout out the Bulls. Um, He was recently traded to the Magic during deadline day. He's 50.2% roster on ESPN right now. And we saw Wendell Carter get traded for Nikola Vucevic. And to call his time in Chicago good, I don't really think you could. I think he had a pretty rocky time in Chicago, both due to injuries and his inconsistent play. Uh, But he has a really good opportunity here in Orlando to show what he can really do. In his last three games for the Magic, he's averaging 17 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 blocks. He's also reached 30 fantasy points in all three of those games. And moving forward, I think the Magic see him and Mo Bamba as their centers of the future. And I think they'll be in direct competition with each other to see truly who is the starting center for that Magic team. And, you know, I'm a big proponent of if a guy has an opportunity, um, that's also worth that's almost worth more than uh, what he's actually putting up. And I think for a guy like Wendell Carter, just getting this opportunity to show what he can actually do in the NBA with no pressure on him is exactly what this guy needs. And I think he's going to be a pretty consistent around 30 points for the rest of the season, which I think anyone would love to add to their fantasy team at this point in the season. And yeah, that wraps up my potential rest of season value, guys, I really like. But I still have waiver wire pickups for this week. Um, as I said, Sadiq Bey, Hamadou Diallo, but be wary, he might miss the back-to-backs this week. 
Moses Brown, who I'm absolutely in love with and should not be available in your league. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich, who's actually been going insane for the Hawks as of late. Um, I would definitely pick him up if he's available on your waiver wire. Miles Bridges, especially with the news that Gordon Hayward's going to miss four, um, about four weeks with an injury. So Miles Bridges and Malik Monk could be huge ads for your team at this point. Um, Terrence Mann, Shake Milton, Dean Wade, Thomas Sadoransky, Mo Bamba, Robin Lopez, Isaiah Roby, Bojan Bogdanovic, Joe Ingles, DeLon Wright, Gary Trent Jr., Killian Hayes, who has been out for a while with a hip injury, but he actually made his debut again on Saturday for the Pistons. Um, Isaiah Stewart, Corey Joseph, Saban Lee, the Duke Wayne Ellington, Ty Jerome, Tony Bradley, Malachi Flynn, Aaron Baines, Derek Favors, and Dario Saric on my waiver wire pickups, guys, this week. And, of course, that list isn't exhaustive, um, so don't hate me in the comments if I missed one of your favorite players because I can't think of every guy. Um, and yeah, that's going to do it for week 15, um, this fantasy preview. Uh, next week, Colin will be back, so I don't have to do this solo. Um, this is a ton of talking, and I didn't really realize how much time me and Colin take up, you know, just talking to each other. I miss the man. I'm ready for him to get back on the mic. And I just want to thank you guys for listening again. And to actually follow me and Colin on TikTok, if you are a TikTok user at bench.chatter.pod. Um, we're making TikToks. They're super digestible content, um, minute-long videos just talking about um, mostly the potential rest of season value, guys. And they're a really easy way to get content from me and Colin without having to listen to the full podcast. You know, which of course we want you guys to do, but... Yeah, follow us on TikTok if you um, use the app at bench.chatter.pod. And thank you guys for listening. We'll be back on Wednesday. See ya.